0: hey everybody and welcome to the last episode of level playing field podcast my name is randy boost and i am your host before i get it onto this episode with don i just want to thank everybody for listening for um emails and and tweets and texts i got all throughout doing this podcast it's been a lot of fun for me it's like i talked about in this episode it's been a little bit of therapy for me and i just want to say thank you specifically for uh thank you to Jim and Sid for creating out sports. I found it almost 20 years ago and it has meant a lot to me as a bisexual man and someone has struggled with my own sexuality for a long time. So thank you for that. Sid personally, um, I uh, have met him in person. He's been a guest on my podcast. He has answered probably hundreds of questions <laughs> from me. And so Sid, thank you so much I want to thank Don, uh, who was my guest and who has helped this podcast process without sports go smoothly. You've also been someone who I can ask questions to. And I appreciate that. Uh, A couple more people I want to thank one. I cannot forget to thank John Holmes from sports media, LGBT in England. We're different continents and he has always been there for me. Um, I consider him a friend, even though we haven't met yet in person. Once this COVID thing is over, I hope I get the chance to meet him. Um, He's an awesome guy. He's a sweet guy. And he is doing so much work over in the UK. And with English football, being at the place that they are now, it's needed. He is needed. Um, And I appreciate him. I want to thank all my guests I had. Uh, Obviously, I couldn't do the show without them. Um, I just want to thank them each and every one of them and I want to thank you guys for listening I was surprised that people listened (laughs) um but you guys did and I want to thank you for that I can go on and on though I think it's better just to go into this episode and hear the conversation I have with Don as we talk about me leaving what I might do next we talk about Don we talk about trans issues it's just a nice conversation and uh She asked me some questions, and I asked her some, and I enjoyed it. So without further ado, here's my last podcast episode with Don Ennis, Managing Editor from Outsports. Welcome, Don, to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Randy. I'm very pleased to be here. I am a big fan of your podcast, as I think most of our Outsports podcast listeners are, and it's an honor to be with you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on for the last one, too. It's It's funny, I started... Yeah, it started out though with Sid and I think it's only fitting that I have you as my last guest.
1: Well, we've had Sid on our podcast and I got to say Sid is an old hand at this. He's had podcasts back with Jim Bozinski yeah. prior to all of us joining the team and you know he really has he has great pipes, he has great insight and he brings a perspective to sports that I think a lot of people don't have because he's not the same as everybody
0: else. He's a very unique individual, Sid. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. A lot of different experiences, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, his time at Disney and everything. Yeah. So. Plus, he's a
1: zebra. He's a, you know, he's a referee. Yeah. Um, he has a definite perspective as a fan, as a staff, And I'm very glad to be his friend as well as his colleague.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And I can't tell you how much he and Jim and what they did without sports meant to me when I first found it 20 years ago. So it's really cool to see how it's grown and it's taking off and the staff has grown and the content's grown. And I mean, it's just been amazing to be a part of it for the last year and a half.
1: You got me in a tough spot because I'm usually the one asking the questions. So when you told me the thing just now about how um, he impacted you and Jim impacted you and Outsports impacted you over 20 years, I, of course, want to follow up by saying a little bit about that, Randy. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's fine. This is going to be a conversation. (laughs) So that's totally cool. Um, You know, I grew up in a conservative family. I I didn't, I like sports, but I felt like I never fit in being bisexual. You know, I didn't fit in in the sports world. I didn't fit in in the gay world. I didn't fit in in the religious world. So having out sports come out and finding it probably within the first year that it came out. And I don't know how I did. Actually, back at that time, it was at the forums that they had were the big conversation. And so they always had photos of like locker room photos and stuff. And so honestly, if I'm being honest, that's probably how I found it was <laughs> looking at men's pictures. We talk about uh, that
1: actually a lot. We talk about how Outsports sports has evolved from beefcake to, you know, trying to focus on the athlete inside rather than the external part.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so just you know, seeing them talk about athletes, seeing them talk just about things that weren't normally talked about, is what changed me. And then meeting Sid and talking with him and getting his background and and understanding more of what Outsports was about behind the scenes, and then seeing the change with Fox and and everything. It's just it is been, a, it is different. It's been a journey, so um, and it's one that I definitely appreciate
1: if you don't mind me asking you one more question, I promise I'll let you ask me questions too, but I'd like a better explanation as to why you've decided to call it quits. What is it about right now that says
0: that's enough? I never was really open about talking about my sexuality until honestly about four or five years ago. Um, And I think what I didn't know at the time, but what I realized this year with everything going on this podcast became like a therapy session for me. Um, so talking <laughs> to other for, people and for the
1: re- and for the listeners too, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it was, so it was, it was a journey that I didn't know what I was going to get at the end. <laughs> and I, uh, I just felt for this podcast, it was the right time to go. I think there's quality podcasts out there now. Um, there was before Dan trainer who was on the network. Um, Love same team. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there were some other ones that I, I listened to and I still listen to, but I thought there, there was enough content for this type of show, um, interviewing people who are gay and in sports.
1: And then on other podcasts, I think you branched out beyond just um, gay people in sports. I, I found your podcast to be very inclusive and expansive.
0: I tried to be. I mean, especially this year, it was different. My guests this year were way different than they were before. But yeah, so that's, that's why, why I stopped this podcast, but it's definitely something that, um, it's just, I think the right time for this one to end. Okay. Um, And and then with my work and I do photography and I'm sort of picking that up more Mm -hmm. and I'm my time for editing podcast, editing podcast is a lot of work. You know, what we do with getting guests, interviewing them, editing, it's a lot of work. For a a weekly or biweekly podcast,
1: it is a lot of work. As you know, I'm a professor of journalism, and this week's that just passed class was about the permanence and the importance of photography, and about how the written word has been around for thousands of years, and we've had um, spoken word forever. But photography is only 400 years old, and would you believe? One of the inventors of one of the most important pioneering technologies, Samuel Morse, gave up his telegraph for two years because he was so fascinated by photography. He wanted to spend the time to really understand how to advance photography. And then, you know, he put the telegraph on the back burner. And after he got his uh, his, uh, his satisfactory uh, experience, he said, all right, well, maybe I'll pick that up again. I think photography captures images in a way that sound and film just can't capture the way Mm -hmm. um, motion picture film I'm talking about, a still image. And I look forward to seeing what you do with photography and hoping that maybe you do come back and do another podcast. Um, My co-host, Carly Webb, on The Transporter Room, she and I did another podcast for, oh, about a year prior to starting The Transporter Room. And like you, we felt like its time had run. We called it before the war. We called it that because we felt that there was a coming civil war between the left and the right, between progressives and conservatives, and between culturally elite Mm -hmm. and those folks who just don't care about anything other than getting bread and food on the table. And you know what? It was a really successful podcast, but I like the one we're doing now better. Because it has a more broad appeal. It's, um, it's not linked to just the political conclave and, and conflict that we have right now.
0: Yeah. And I think what you do now too is cool because it blends not only sports and trans issues, but also a little bit of science fiction. And we love a science that. Fiction person, <laughs> I enjoy those conversations. Especially and- when you have a science fiction guest, like yes. one who actually likes it. <laughs>
1: There are times where we have to say, "Okay, we're beaming you back now so we can have a conversation about sci-fi because not everybody's into that. And that's okay. I respect that. But when we get an athlete or a um, coach or someone who also likes sci-fi, that's just bonkers. It's great. We have a lot of fun because, you know, I think one of the things about science fiction that maybe people who don't read science fiction don't understand. It's an application of what we're dealing with in our regular lives. In a fantastical, hopefully sometimes um, positive, sometimes it's very dystopian, alternative view. And we're looking at solving problems in a way without having to actually deal with the problems. We're talking about people on another planet or on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with things that we are dealing with. And we can talk about those issues about people feeling like, well, I, I don't like that particular perspective because it's against my politics or my religion or science or... I just love sci-fi and I've loved it forever since uh, I found Star Trek when I was, um, gosh, I was about 11 years old.
0: I was never able to get into the original series. Obviously I was born after it came. Um, yes. Yeah, so you're young well, <laughs> I won't go that far, but um, <laughs> the, the next generation obviously was my big, the series that I loved that I grew up with and I think what they did and then what they've done with Picard and I finally got in and started watching Discovery. It's and
1: different. And so just seeing
0: that story. And I <laughs> By love the, way, the new way they tell that story.
1: If you haven't seen Discovery, it's going to be on actual TV.
0: Yeah.
1: This Thursday coming up. They're actually playing season one, which I think is great. Because, you know, the, one of the objections people had was I didn't want to pay to watch mm. Star Trek. And um, my response to that was, do you pay to go see a movie? <laughs> 'Cause yeah. this is like a movie every week. But I do love uh Discovery. Yeah. It it I think it got better in season two, so I hope you'll stick around for season two. And yeah, then I'm at the last, season three starts in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, I'm at episode thirteen or something in season one, so I'm almost done. Okay. But it I think another reason why I wanted you to be my last guest is what I've learned about trans issues doing this podcast. It's something that I didn't originally start out doing. I figured I'd have a trans guest or two, just because there's athletes that are trans. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought, though, that I would be wanting to learn so much about it. The science part of it, still, I'm not a science person, so you know, you could talk about numbers and no <laughs> offense, but that just bores me. Um, a lot of people, but, a lot
1: of people understand too.
0: But the stories behind the people and and what they've gone through, and to think that it's an advantage for anyone who has transitioned for whatever reason. It's just ridiculous. You just haven't listened to a person talk.
1: Most people who are objecting to trans athletes in sports don't know any trans athletes in sports. And for the most part, they've never cared about women's sports to begin with. Yeah. This is really just another issue for people to be divided about and to stake a claim and be positive or negative or whatever they think they are being. I'd like them to um, see a trans woman open a jar of pickles. (laughs) (laughs) I can't lift a box to save my life. I wasn't a typical um, person who presented as male, but I was, um, you know, I went through puberty. I was able to um, do all the things that a male is expected to do. I fathered three children. But when I transitioned, and I'm talking about my medical transition, my body changed in ways I had never, See, and I was very grateful for those changes because it matched how I felt on the inside. What's important about what transgender athletes is they also go through a medical transition, but they're elite people to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, you can't compare me to a athlete who is a cisgender woman, and you can't compare me to an athlete who is a cisgender man because I'm not at that level of phys- physique or physicality. We're all different and I, w- I imagine uh, maybe you've heard this, but if men who are cisgender raised objections about their competitors the way that cisgender athletes compare about uh, – complain about trans athletes, then Michael Phelps would never allow, be allowed to compete. Oh, we can't let him compete. Look at his wingspan. Look at his arms. Look yeah. at his um, – the way he pro- his body processes enzymes. No, no, no. He has to have his own separate category. And who would say that, right? Or or Usain Bolt. No one would say that they should have their own separate category. We embrace advantages in sports. Sports is supposed to be about having an advantage. Otherwise, why do we keep all these numbers, right? Why are there there champions? Because some people have advantages. And trans women are just a different kind of woman. I'm not going to claim that I'm the same as every other woman. I'm not the same as your wife. I'm not the same as my daughter. But I'm a woman, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure your wife would agree with my daughter that that's what I am.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. With that conversation, I think the human aspect gets thrown out. Mm -hmm. There are things that trans men deal with that most people don't think of. There's things trans women deal with that most people don't think of, and they just discount it. They don't think of it as part of the journey, and they don't think of the mental effects. Mm-hmm. that it happens that happens let
1: me tell you a very short story about something i learned
0: interviewing trans men now i know
1: my, my experience i know what it's like to be a trans woman i know what it's like to be trans and i have a pretty good idea and i had one pretty good idea before i met them what a trans man goes through but here's something a trans man goes through that i never really thought about they lose their queerness the more that they pass the more that their voices get deeper and they uh, attain body hair and facial hair, sometimes um, male pattern baldness. I had one who said that a woman was very uh, worried about her, uh, about him following her on the street because to her it looked like a strange man is following her. And it's a trans man. He's not going to assault her at a dance he said that he walked up to someone who was a trans woman and said, do you want to dance? And she was very shy. And she was like, I'm just not looking to interact with anybody who's cis. And he <laughs> says, I'm trans too. And she was like, what? And it's this, this um, blending in the trans men experience that sometimes gives them a mental issue, a, a PTSD issue that I don't think many people discuss. And I, I embrace the fact that they are um, – part of our community and we don't say often enough that trans men are men
0: yeah and then i think like for especially for trans men and i'm i want to ask you about trans women as well trans men though they have the thing where they can pass as a man they they are men they pass as men um society sees them as men Mm -hmm. but then there's still periods yes and so you live your life you know i've I'm cis man, so I don't, not an expert on periods, but you live your life three quarters as the man, and then you have this week where you can't get away from realizing that you're different. You still haven't, you know, reached that. I, I don't, I'm, and I don't know what it's like to feel that. And maybe it's for trans men, it's easy to just not think about it. I don't know. But it's just, well, yeah. I I will say that the whole
1: J.K. Rowling controversy really picked up steam when she reacted to the line, people who menstruate, because she wants that to just say women who menstruate. And you know what? People menstruate. People menstruate because there are trans men whose bodies, internal organs, are still in that reproductive arrangement, okay? Okay trans women do not menstruate. We do have cycles. Our bodies have hormones that go up and down and it's wackadoodle, but it's still an approximation. It's not the same as, as um, you know, what it's like unless a trans man has a hysterectomy. And then there's the issue of a trans man trying to get health care, trying to obtain um, uh, screenings or having a baby. I know a couple of trans men have had babies and we're still in a society where we rubber stamp person who can make a baby is a woman. And that's just not right. It's not right. We have to accept beyond the gender binary. And, and I think because people see the binary as the norm, male, female, mm-hmm. we are stuck in this society that won't grow until we, kill those people off or they die off or whatever else when they're younger people who now accept the non-binary and genderqueer and trans men when they grow older and as more trans um, men have babies i think our society will evolve but it's going to take a generation or two
0: well even you look at the young kids though there's still young kids out there that fight this as well yes yes well, they're bad. And actually, now that you bring you bring that up, um, you know, you brought up J.K. Rowling. For <sighs> me, I grew up. I grew up a tennis player. I wanted to get Martina Navratilova on. She told me point blank, she won't come on my podcast because I'm affiliated Why? with
1: sports. Oh, because you're affiliated with out sports? Wow. Yeah. She blocked us um, on Twitter, by the way. She blocked out oh, sports. Yeah. I'm... And and it wasn't until just the left, about it was this summer, I finally blocked her. Because I could not handle the abuse she was throwing my way, we've been having challenging but kind conversations for over a year and trying to reach a uh, agreement. And no, she won't talk to me either. And I'm sorry she wouldn't talk to you. That would have been it. A, is what it is. That would have been a wonderful coup. Maybe now that you won't be associated social about sports, you'll have a chance. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: but I'm I'm, I'm my podcast leaving. Is done, but I'm still, I feel it's still a part of OutSport, so. Um, See, the thing
1: is, if I could just divert you real quick. I was in London when she had a documentary that aired only on the BBC in London, in which she met trans people to mm-hmm. try to help her understand this dilemma. And everyone told such a beautiful story about what it was like. And she talked to scientists and she talked to doctors. And at the end, she said, maybe I do have to do some thinking but I still think they have an unfair advantage. It's almost as if she just spun our wheels for an hour. I don't think there's, I think there's some people like Martina Navratilova who cannot evolve. They can't grow past this. And I don't know why.
0: Yeah. you know, I it, fine. You want to argue transport trans people in sports do that fine. But to have these attitudes, like Martina has in some ways, like J.K. Rowling has with even her new book, oh. The, the Cross-Cresting oh. Killer. Oh. I mean, I don't understand how you can just be hateful. Mm. You are hate. You know, how how hard is it to just accept? You know, we, we come in a culture where there's just, we can't just see people as people anymore. Randy, I'm Jewish,
1: and it's uh, the conclusion of Rosh Hashanah. And right before you called uh, throughout my neighborhood, I could hear the shofar being sounded. It's a ram's horn. and People blow into it, the signal, the end of a year and the start of a new year, 5781. And because 6 million or more perished in the Holocaust, I can believe and I understand hate. And because people have shown anti-Semitism toward myself and my children I can understand hate. And I think people in a marginalized group like bisexuals, like transgender people, like black women, like black trans women of color, we understand hate because it's directed at us. Mm-hmm. And as a Jew, I wish that I never had to deal with this problem, but I'm uh very fortunate to be one of those who converted to Judaism. I didn't have to grow up with this. Um, The worst uh, uh, I I experienced was um, Catholicism hatred down in the South. Um, Mm -hmm. People people still have uh, some very strong feelings about Catholics. But other than that, uh, I lived a very privileged white male life for 40 years.
0: It's funny because you bring (laughs) up the Catholic thing. And in my personal account, I was tweeting about, um, and not to turn this into political discussion, but you know, Trump is the savior of the evangelical movement and the right, but there's no evidence he's ever been to an actual church. Yet Biden goes weekly to Sunday service, and he's actually a man of God, and he's considered, you know, just some evil person. <laughs> One, partly because of the Catholic thing you mentioned, which is still an issue in the evangelical evangelical church, is Catholics aren't considered Christian in some ways. But two, there's so much hatred and there's hate from both sides in, in pl- politics, but for the right who are the faith and values party to have this much hate, it's sad. And so seeing how families are, are having issues and, and everything because of this and they can't just see that, you know, you might disagree with them, but he is a man of faith and, and it, it just boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many times Trump has gone to church. I know he's gone to church at least once, and he's been there for a funeral, and he went outside of church after clearing the streets of protesters, but (laughs) um, there's a passage in the New Testament um, where Jesus says to his followers, do not stand in the synagogues and wear sackcloth on the corners. Do not. Uh, shout my name, go into a quiet room and close the door and pray alone. And that is where you'll find me. I don't think you need to be in church to be a religious person. So if Trump really is a religious person and does so in private, I have no objection to that. My objection is the evangelicals only support Trump for one reason, because he'll put in judges that will help and justices that will help advance their cause, which is to overturn Roe versus Wade. They yeah. want to take the rights of women away from us, and that I will not abide. I, I I will fight tooth and nail for our rights. I call them reproductive rights. And the reason a trans woman wants reproductive rights isn't because I want to have a baby. I'm 56 years old. I don't want to have a baby. I physically can't have a baby, but. I don't want any man telling me what I can do with my body either. It's the same fight. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: may I just inform you, if you didn't already know, Planned Parenthood is the number one healthcare provider for trans Americans. So defunding Planned Parenthood hurts my community directly. Mm -hmm. So these are causes I believe in. And I, I respect all those who have candidate or different politics so long as they affirm my identity. The second I find out that they are either against Planned Parenthood or against um, reproductive rights or against the Equality Act or any kind of trans-affirming laws, then I just don't want to have anything to do with them. And I will will respect and love my family members who are Trump supporters, but it's very hard. I, I can't cut them off because they're family. I won't. But we just refuse to discuss this issue because I'll never convince them and they'll never convince me. Oh, yeah. They show me they show me respect, they acknowledge my identity, and I respect that they can have their own political views. Because I do believe, just like Ruth Bader-Ginsburg did, that the human is more important than the ideology. And I know there are a lot of people who say, cut them off if they don't um support trans rights or whatever. Well, okay. But I think that some conservatives can support trans rights and yet still think that Trump is the better candidate but yeah, i, 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 I mean there there are law cabin republicans there are trans women who are law cabin republicans who support the president. Figure that yeah. out for me please
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a an interesting one.
1: I can't figure it out
0: let's uh we you know we have a little bit of time left i want to end up talking about just Outsports in general. Um, Oh, sure. Obviously, Outsports has, you know, quite a few annual events. Obviously, Outsports Pride was canceled this year. Hopefully, it comes back next year. But I love what Outsports has done this year with using Zoom and um, other ways to reach the community if we can't do it in person. Um, I think, were you the one that started the, what was it called, the Friday night Quarantine. (laughs) I did. Yeah. But before I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Before I toot my horn, though, Sid led the way. Sid, uh, in his new role, is in charge of partnerships. And knowing that we were going to have to do virtual events, Sid started organizing these events where um, athletes and coaches and readers and fans could all meet in Zoom and we'd have interactions. And um, the webinar format doesn't allow for much interaction. It's mostly just you listening to a conversation among others, but there were other events where everybody got a chance to speak. And it occurred to me that I'm pretty lucky. I have my three children around. I've got my neighbors. I've got my friends. Even if I can't see them outside of my house, I can get on Zoom and say hello. And I thought, would it be nice to have a Zoom meeting where anybody could just drop in and just chat and meet somebody new? The very first week in March was a disaster because I published the Zoom invitation on the internet. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, some idiots decided to get on and start hurling racist and homophobic oh, slurs geez. at people. I'm I'm very much a glass half full kind of girl. I'm very much an optimist. I didn't even think that somebody would do something like that. But yeah. It was a lockdown. People were bored, I guess, and um, the haters came out in full force. We closed it and we opened it, and we started blocking them as they come in and Then I realized, you know we'll just do this by invitation only, and I hated to do that. I wanted people to just feel they could just drop in, but yeah, that's how it is, and we did it for um, all of March, April, May, June, July, and I ended it in August only because I thought it'd be nice to have a little time off uh, for the rest of the summer um. You know, it's it started off with um, twice a night, seven o'clock Eastern time and seven o'clock Pacific time. And as the numbers on the West Coast grew smaller to so just three or four people, and the East Coast meetings were about twenty, I thought maybe we'll just roll it into one. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, let's let's just take a break. I, I needed the break. It. Um, it was really exciting and fun and I really enjoyed it and I promise we will bring it back again. But I thought as the country started opening up a little bit, maybe people didn't need it as much. Yeah. You know? It served its need and I hate to say it, but it looks like we might be needing it again. This week we had two hundred thousand dead and coronavirus and um who knows what's gonna follow. Who knows what's yeah. gonna happen next? So thank you for the the, the mention. Um the quarantine was 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 fun, and we'll come back.
0: And then the webinars you mentioned also, where you're able to tackle certain topics, and and I think that's oh, those are great too. I haven't done one yet. I haven't been to one, but just the topics you've covered. You, this last you week we had a great
1: one. You no know, us us being outsports. I am not outsports. Yeah. <laughs> outsports is not Don Ennis, and Don Ennis is not outsports. I'm just the girl in the back with the hand on the rudder. Um. Outsports will always be Jim and Sid and the readers and fans. Um, And just to explain that, by the way, when they uh, hired me in February of Valentine's Day of 2019, I said to Jim and Sid, and I've said it over and over again, I'm not here to change Outsports. I'm here to expand the readership. I'm here to make sure that we are appealing to all forms of the LGBT community and to tell more stories of the people who are LGBT But they Jim and Sid already did a great job of covering Trans and lesbians and bi And genderqueer and non-conforming folks I just want to have more of those stories And mm-hmm. I was allowed to hire um, Three contributors And a social media person And that has made the work that much better The whole point of This part of the conversation Randy is to explain that What Outsports does with its um, webinars last week, men's hockey players, coaches, referees. Previously, Asian American and Asian athletes are LGBT. Mm -hmm. Previously, we've had all kinds of members of the LGBT community offering input, coaches, um, talking about how to be a better coach, how to be more inclusive. These webinars, although we would have loved to have them in person, In Philadelphia, I think they could reach more people Mm -hmm. who can't afford to travel. So I'm hoping that even when we can meet again, we'll still do something interactively so that people can
0: uh, drop in. That's cool. Let me wrap this up and just ask my final question I ask everyone. If you can go back in time when you're 12 or 13 years old, tell your own self something to help you with transitioning and, and. openly expressing who you were what would that one thing be? When I was 12 I was um,
1: 8 years into a job I was a child model I was a child actor and I recorded my first commercial as a girl even though I identified as a boy I got a chance to be a girl and I thought it was great And if I could go back and tell that person, that little child, who finally got her wish granted, it would be, it's going to be okay. It may take some time. It's not going to happen right away. But you'll get there. It's a hard question for a trans person because I don't want to erase my children. I don't want to erase my marriage. I was happily married for 19 years and if I could have transitioned at a younger age I'd have missed all that and those people wouldn't have had those experiences but I still think that had I been born as I identify I'd have had a much happier fulfilling life and life would have turned out much differently but as it was I wasn't I was presumed male and I would tell that person just hang in
0: there it's going to be okay it's going to take a while but you'll get there Thank you, Don, for coming on. Thank you for being
1: level playing field. Thank you for being part of the Outsports Network. And I'm so thrilled for you that you're going on to something bigger and better.
0: Yeah, I just want to thank Outsports, the people that listened, the guests I had, um, just everyone. The emails I received, it's it's been an amazing ride. Stay tuned there's
1: more to come from you I know it you'll let us know you'll drop in on the transporter room and our other podcasts and
0: oh any uh, be a guest great oh anytime good luck to you